we'd like to welcome you back to our fifth part of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 26, 2015. We're going to probably do at least two parts regarding an update on the whole video game phenomenon. And this isn't just for like entertainment. This is more to show you the, I don't know, the scope, the magnitude of this movement. Um, they want us to all get plugged into the Matrix eventually. They want us to all literally be plugged into them. And I truly do believe that what we're going to be looking at here is incredible evidence of that fact. Um, this isn't some trivial issue. This, this is what the Illuminati would have for our future. I mean, we've already talked about how they want to download, upload consciousnesses into computers by, I think, the year 2032 or something, 2031. I've played you the video before on several occasions. How they want, you know, uh, just all of the things that they really want to do. And a lot of this is to get us plugged into this matrix. And to get us plugged into the matrix, you have to understand, when you're plugged into that matrix, you yourself are a, typically, are a absolutely, totally non-productive human vessel wasting your time for the majority for the most part on something that means nothing that does not matter and that is literally programming you and and contributing nothing to society in any way shape or form other than your own selfish self-interest which is what it boils down to is feeding the flesh with these video games and <clears throat> Satan would love you to get to for you to just waste your life and, and use it in some self-centered, incredibly asinine, evil way. He would love that, and that's what video games to me are all about. Hey, I used to play them when I was a when I was a teenager, um, but not not anywhere on this type of level that we're seeing today. This is absolute total insanity. And this first video clip is from CNN, and. Um, <clears throat> It's uh, varsity gamers making history, now getting athletic scholarships. Like, this is a sport. You sit in a chair like a vegetable, plugged into the Matrix, and they're calling this now a sport and giving them athletic scholarships and glorying about this whole thing. How wonderful it is. You know, our society is going to be so much better because we've got legions of teenagers locked into this matrix playing video games becoming programmed and brainwashed beta way uh, or with their brainwave patterns i mean there is nothing to me i could see positive about this quite get taken out and this should secure it pantheon coming in with his ult from behind and they're waiting for him does he find the kill signature no he does not and that ends the game with a rumble double kill finishing it off okay so what the you're hearing are these commentators commenting on a video game competition which are actually quite common now and we're going to be looking at this extensively the scope of the growth of this movement is unlike any other sport that there is in today's society there is no other sport, and I'm not calling this a sport, but they are, that could even compare to this as far as growth goes. RMU 2-0 over Kentucky. They're having colleges compete with one another in these video game um, playoff type scenarios. And this is just this is at a, this is this movement at a very low level. We're gonna go global a little bit later and see how this is progressing on a more global level. When I heard that there was a university giving scholarships to play League of Legends, my first reaction was, this is a scam. I was a year out of high school thinking that I wasn't going to go to college. My dad mentioned, hey, there's a school offering a scholarship for video games. One of the main reasons joining this team was to be a part of history. We're the first program in the US to have a varsity esports team. So it's called, it's called Varsity Esports, and this is the first college in America that is giving out scholarships for this. And let me tell you, it's only going to be probably every other college following in suit in a very short period of time from what I'm seeing. Hi, Robert Morris here. We play League of Legends. Wait, wait, wait. Patience, patience. It pits two teams of five to fight on this map. TP, do you need TP? Each team has a base. 
and the goal is to break the nexus in the enemy base and win the game. It was my idea. <laughs> and they, they come out, they're in, a, they're in a little basketball scene. They come out in jumpsuits like they're real athletes or something. They're sitting there playing video games all day. For hours on end. And they're athletes though. And we're going to see the type of absolute idol worship. Particularly in other countries that these athletes. Who almost to the man are just really pathetic specimens of humanity. I don't know how, how nice I can be about it, but they're they're just very, very, very wimpy, nerdy. And this is this is the new masculinity, evidently. This is the new machismo man. This is how Satan wants man to be portrayed as and be glorified as, evidently. I think everyone has this misconception of what a gamer is, right? That they're eating Cheetos and like guzzling Mountain Dew or Red Bull and they're sloppy and that's not... Oh, that's not true though. Oh, okay. They're not eating Hot Pockets in their mom's basement. They're not doing any of that. They're all productive members of society as we've documented in my previous um, reports on this. A lot of them have left their wives. They, 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 their marriages fall apart. They, they're totally non-productive. They won't work. They won't do anything. They're totally programmed into the matrix. I'm not saying all of them, but a good, a good percentage of them. You can't tell me this is having some type of wonderfully positive impact on their lives. Not the case. The gamers that we have here for, for our varsity program are serious. Would oh, I they're serious. Sport? Yeah, it does. So that makes it all better. They're serious. Boy, boy, boy. Well, so are Satanists. So are Luciferians. So are, so are people in cults. So are people doing other things that are e absolutely either totally worthlessly non-productive or engaged in just evil flat behavior. They're very serious. Homosexuals and bisexuals and transsexuals, they're very serious about shoving their agenda. So evidently that's the new criteria for if something's valid. Require a lot of mental thought and training. There's a physical aspect of it as well. And that's how fast can you click? It's oh boy! There's a huge time commitment. How fast can you click the new paradigm for productive society? How fast can you click? I bet you that one tendon on the top of the index finger and maybe the middle finger if they use that one a lot, I bet you, I venture a guess that that one tendon and those two fingers on these gamers is much more developed than your eyes index and middle finger top tendon i bet you you know so yes i i recant everything i just said i was wrong we practice every day four to nine we sit with our team of five and we go over four till nine you're going to see that's kind of piker material. Four to nine, that's it? No, no, no. There's some of these dudes. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen in, in America, but some of the professional gamers in South Korea? Oh, 83 hours a week on the computer, locked into the Matrix? Think of the, the what, what wonderful fruit that's producing. How society is such a better place because you're up there playing some imaginary stupid devil video game. And how much you're, you're contributing to how biblical that whole thing is. Plays, we go over specific uh, positions. We have like little training routines and things we do to improve mouse accuracy and speed. We're trying constantly to improve our communication, make sure we're talking about the right stuff at the right time. It's all about the strategy. Hey, Graham, can you come down for this? Yes, I'm being careful though. Like, I'm, I'm in the jungle. Professional League of Legends, it already is bigger than traditional sports. The viewers shed numbers for the... They're showing the World Championships 2014, which I'm going to take you to later, and it's a literal stadium. It's a literal indoor stadium that is filled with 40,000 people cheering these people on like they're gods these teams on and they're so geeky looking and, and wormy that they have to photoshop them all because I mean think of what you would look like if you just if you were even a teenage boy and you sat in front of a video game thing for 80 some hours a week you got no physical activity essentially other than the, the your clicking your buttons or whatever and looking at a computer screen 
having your brain waves seriously altered, you wouldn't look that red hot either probably. So they have to Photoshop them and do all this embellishment and try to make them like look presentable, I guess, so that they're like little, they're, they're like little iconic, little wormy, geeky dudes. It's really pathetic. And they're worshipped like gods around the world by, by uh, increasingly huge demographics of people. The Legends Finals were greater than the World Series and the Final Four, NCAA Final Four combined. It is a real... Did you hear that? The viewership of their last year, 2014, was greater than the World Series and the Final Four combined. It is the biggest sports phenomenon going on in the planet that you may not even know about. Skill and some real ability. So the same way I give a scholarship for a women's soccer player, why shouldn't we do that for a video game player and be competitive and successful? Even though there's no athleticism involved whatsoever. Being a part of this team has definitely given me a lot of confidence. Everyone kind of accepts each other. You, you don't get bullied because you play video games because everyone plays video games here. Beyond playing the game, it's really, really important to be close as friends as well as teammates. Friends can get through difficult stuff. So if we're down kills and it's looking really bad, if we're friends, we'll, we'll get through it together. Because this is such adversity to overcome. We lost in a video game. We need to overcome adversity in this virtual reality world that doesn't even exist. The first game of the CSL season is RMU take on Kentucky. So this season we have made it all the way to the collegiate semifinals and finals. And the first win already. That goes to show you. Now I guess Kentucky has their own team, but I guess they're probably not on scholarship. They're just people that are at the University of Kentucky that have, are volunteering to do this. Just 15 minutes, the power of RMU. Not every kid wants to play traditional sports or has the ability to. I've already spoken to probably over 30 schools, so I know that a number of, of schools are going to be adding for you know 2015. I think you'll see it in smaller schools like ours first. The ceiling is just you know massive. I think it's I think it's coming, and this is what kids are doing. There's no doubt about it. Plug, plugged and locked into the matrix, baby. Exactly where Satan wants us. 100% lock, stock, and barrel. Totally non-productive lives. Totally doing things that are absolutely beyond worthless, wasting our lives and, and being brainwashed with these video games. Who knows what type of programming is actually in them? You know, it's, it's, it's in, and we're going to talk more about that later. Okay, so that's the first video. And we're just getting cranked up here regarding this, these reports. Now, here's another video. Um, inside FIFA 15 video game. This is from CNN as well. FIFA rakes in big bucks. Um, I guess this the, the, it's the um, video game version of FIFA. Okay, so I'm waiting for a commercial to play here or get done playing. CNN's money goes inside EA Sports Vancouver campus to see how the world's most popular sports video franchise is made. She even sneaks her way into the game. So we're going to be looking at this right now. Again, this is like some of the main reports on CNN right now. I'm Zane Asher, inside EA's Sports Capture Lab in Vancouver. It's here where hundreds of artists, engineers, and soccer addicts make the world's most popular sports video game, FIFA. So I've got roughly around 65 of these tiny little markers on me and what they're going to do is uh, capture my movements on the field so they can get an accurate representation of how I move when I'm playing soccer. You're jumping as high as you can and heading the ball. There you go. Every marker is placed in a very specific point on your body. Like the Just, joints. Yeah, the joints primarily so we can get the rotation and the uh, positional movement of, of your body parts and that can be translated into 3D space. And so what this means is that when you have real players in the video games, their actual movement is, like, accurate in terms of how they move in real life. Yes. So, that so it's like they're mapping their literal bodies with these 3D suits. You talk about millions and millions of dollars being spent so that they can have an accurate representation of how they would really move in a video game when they're not even that person on the field. I mean, how incredibly worthless can you get 
they look believable and lifelike, and so that anyone who's playing the game will will be lost in the sense of you know I'm 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 looking at a real person. It's not something that's that's been created. Just being so silly. Precision movement is just part of what makes FIFA's animated characters lifelike. I'm getting my head scanned using EA's bleeding edge 3D technology. Lean to your left just a little bit. Yeah, good, right there. Keep looking forward. This 14 camera rig has been transported all over the globe during FIFA 15's development to capture the likeness of over 200 of the world's biggest. So when she's on the field, it's an incredible likeness of her on the field playing, and it's actually her body movements that have been mapped out in this 3D suit that they've done. I mean, look at all the, the, the wasted time and effort. Do you realize how many orphans and widows and little children and people that could have been helped, people getting butchered over in the Middle East and, and, and people having their heads chopped off and crucified and things of this nature, and we have this garbage going on. Stars. Details like this aren't lost on the hypercritical gaming community. With each annual edition of FIFA, fans want more than just a new title. Because it's never enough for uh, Satan. Nervous about fan reaction. If we were to release a game that had been lazily put together, wasn't innovative, wasn't addressing the, the concerns or the desires of our fans, they would let us know on Twitter and Facebook, and trust me, they do a lot of that. When it comes to trying to make each version each year better than the last, yep. how do you keep yourself innovative and not just sort of rely on the fact, that, oh, well, they're going to buy it no matter what? That level of character believability, physics, movement, uh, the motion of a ball, the motion of a player, the interactions between players is so, so rich and challenging to simulate. We're never, we're never going to run out of ideas. And the reason this is so important to make it so lifelike and to keep improving and all these demands of all of these gamers is because you're dealing with an incredibly self-centered demographic of people that only care about their flesh being pleased, the carnality that they experience when they play these video games. And it's never enough. It will never be enough until they get locked into a virtual world when they have their consciousness uploaded. If And I don't even believe that's possible. They're probably just going to go straight to hell at that point. But this is where it's, you know, it's all going. This incredibly decadent, self-centered, me, 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 I want this, I want that environment that you're breeding with these self-centered devils playing this stuff 24-7. Here's the next report, why I left my job in finance to play video games. This is also on CNN. When Ben Wu graduated from college in 2009, many young people couldn't even get a job. But the biomedical engineer landed a coveted spot at a trading firm in Chicago. He found the work fast-paced and it paid well, but something was missing. He asked for some time off in 2012. He quit a week later to become a full-time video gamer. What seemed like a crazy move at the time has turned out to be one of Wu's best trades. He is now at the forefront of the eSports movement, which is bringing video game tournaments to the mainstream, similar to what happened with poker. There was a re related report here, I'm not going to go into it, and it says, why put World of Warcraft on my resume? People are actually putting that if they've done this or they've done that in the gaming world on their resumes now. World of Warcraft is an incredibly wicked, evil game. You know, so, and then you go into the growth of esports. Thousands of people watch Woo's every move in his online gaming tutorials on YouTube and Twitch, the streaming service that Amazon just bought for nearly $1 billion, this Twitch. Okay? Esports are becoming so mainstream that a competition Woo did, uh, that a competition Wu did play-by-play -play commentary in for July, which aired on ESPN3, companies like Red Bull, Monster, and Coca-Cola, all wicked companies, now sponsor big gaming events. Oh, but they're not drinking Red Bull and Monster, and I'm sure burning out their adrenals to stay up for days on end. I'm sure they're, most of them are incredibly out of shape, so they probably need to pump their adrenals like you wouldn't even believe, just in order to stay up. Because physically, they're, they're wrecks. The stakes are higher today. At a key DOTA tournament, I'm going to describe what that is in a second. At a key DOTA tournament in July, known as the International, the winning team from China walked away with $5 million. $5 million for one of these teams. So there's big money 
getting involved with this. Um, my comment, what the, I didn't know what the DOTA meant. D DOTA means Defense of the Ancients. Okay, it's a multiplayer online arena mode for the video game Warcraft 3 Reign of Chaos and its expansion Warcraft 3 The Frozen Front Throne based on Aeon of Strife map for Starcraft. Whatever any of that garbage means. Okay, so this is the really in with it thing to do is, is to devote your life to a stinking video game that where you'll just end up basically in hell burning in the lake of fire eventually because you've devoted your whole life to this decadent lifestyle you don't care about anything but your own pleasing your own fleshly carnal desires because that's what video games are about carnality pleasing the flesh me 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 you've devoted your life your time your effort your money to this Here, here's another report I wanted to play you. Amazon buying Twitch, which we just mentioned, for $1 billion. Okay, so let's play this one now. Amazon is doing some shopping. It's dropping about a billion dollars on a company that lets video gamers watch each other play and share their videos. It's called Twitch. Watching other people play video games may not sound exciting, but it's a big business. In fact, Twitch accounted for about 1.4% of all internet traffic in March, more than HBO Go. Although most of the video is pretty boring for non-gamers, advertisers love an audience that's glued to the screen. And just... I mean, these people are obsessed with this stuff. We're talking they eat, sleep, live it, drink it, dream it, the whole nine yards. And this is just a, a site that Amazon bought for $1 billion just to watch the best gamers in the world play these games so that they can pick up tricks so that they can go and play another worthless video game and learn the tricks of the trade. Like professional sports, Twitch hosts big gaming competitions. Advertisers love that. Just to put this into context, this is the second largest deal Amazon's ever done. Only Zappos was larger at $1.9 billion. But this deal isn't about e-commerce, it's about content. In fact, it's very consistent with Amazon's investment in video in general. Just think about the $100 million it's poured into original shows. Many analysts think that the Twitch deal is part of Amazon's grand plan to challenge the current king of online video, Google's YouTube. I would say it's about getting customers hooked on Amazon for everything from toilet paper to television. Either way, it's definitely no game. Okay, so we have that. So I hope, hopefully you can see that this is a just gigantic phenomenon going on here. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play now. This is a report. I think it's from Vice, and I'm, I pretty much edited out anything that's not inappropriate in it. I'm going to play, I don't even know how many video clips from this, because I don't want to play the whole thing, and I want to play the pertinent stuff, and I don't want to get into superfluous garbage. I want to kind of hit the main point. But this gets into a whole other aspect of this, the South Korean culture. This is where they want to move the world to what is going on in South Korea, okay? Which, if you think what I just, just said was bad, where do you see how it is in South Korea, which is like ground zero for this movement, okay? It's where the top teams in the world are, these video game geek teams, and, and it's where this movement is absolutely just ground zero, as far as I can see. So let's go ahead and and play this it's called the celebrity millionaires of competitive gaming now a lot of these kids are literally millionaires that are doing this stuff they're losing to a team that is playing so it's showing this gigantic stadium in south korea where they're having their finals and the commentators and all of the stuff and the forty thousand people in the stadium and the, I don't even know how many millions and millions and millions of viewers online. Like they said, it was more than the Final Four and the World Series combined. I believe this is 2014. And trying to give you a scope for this and how it's the growth of it. This is not something that's, that's what I'm saying is it's not something that has ebbed. That is, oh, well, we kind of got to the peak. No, this is something that's growing at an exponential rate, which is why it's so alarming.
hundreds of millions of hardcore gamers and thousands of global tournaments. Hundreds of millions, and what is the demographic? Basically, teenagers to preteen. What is the next generation? Well, that's the next generation. What did Hitler say? Give me your your youth for like one generation, and I'll basically give you the frick, you know, the the the, the new world order or whatever. His his coming area, fifth Aryan root race. See, that's why I view this as so serious. Because they've they've got this demographic. They own it. They own their minds. They have their minds for hours on end every day. How hard would it be to actually program their minds with all of this garbage that they're putting into it? How hard would it be for them to do subliminal embeds? To affect their brain chemistry, to affect their brain waves. You understand where I'm going with this? They've already captured their minds. They've already, they've already sold their souls into the matrix, these, these children, these teenagers. Each year, computer games are well on their way to becoming the world's biggest sports. I mean, you should see this thing. You got you got to see some of this video. It's it's unbelievable. It's like this just gigantically huge stadium production. And at the center of everything is a whole new breed of celebrity. The esports superstar. I guess essentially I'm a 21-year-old who's <laughs> a millionaire through gaming. Yo, I'll take it. <laughs> he's driving, he's driving, it looks to be a Lamborghini Diablo. It looks to be about a four to five hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini. He's 21-year-old, total moron, this kid. I mean, he goes up there and, and puts out the most inappropriate, stupid, dumb. He's not even that good at the game he plays, but he's capitalized on this whole movement. And he's a multi-millionaire driving a $400,000 to $500,000 at least Lamborghini around with a penthouse apartment on top. They were showing him he's going to have a, 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 a jacuzzi airlifted into the top roof, because, which is where he lives. I think he has the two top floors in this place in, in London. I mean, it's like... Total insanity, and this is the wave of the future. <laughs> the best players have left their bedrooms to compete in the world's biggest stadiums. Offered up athletic visas and sports scholarships, athletes play for up to 18 hours a day in dedicated gaming houses. 18 hours a day. And dedicate those one guy's five hours. I said they're pikers. The real serious ones are, are up to 18 hours a day in dedicated gaming houses. You think Satan doesn't own these 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 teenagers and these these kids already? Always under the watchful eyes of their agents and coaches. They've got agents and coaches that are pushing them to do more and more and more. This is total insanity. For those who work hard and keep their heads together, real fame and wealth await, with cash prizes going into the millions. <laughs> They're the nerdiest! It's like this group of little nerdy, wormy kids holding up this big trophy, being worshipped like gods! It's, if, it, if it wasn't true, it'd be so laughable! You know what I mean? It's like, oh my word, look at these little dudes! I mean, they're pathetic! You know? And yet, they're worshipped as gods! But as quickly as their stars can rise, they can also come crashing down when the pressure of top-level competition proves too much to handle. And many kill themselves when that happens, as we're going to see. With the screaming fans, the huge cash prizes, and above all, the glory, the pressure has never been this great. Welcome to the world of esports. Seoul, South Korea. Over the past few months, we've heard one thing from everyone who's involved in esports, and that's that it's here in South Korea, where as far as professional gaming is concerned, this is home. It's a country where you'd be hard pressed to find a street that didn't have at least one gaming cafe or PC bong as they call it. 
It's a country with its own dedicated esports stadiums and where young men can achieve celebrity status purely by being very, very good at computer games. But most importantly, it's here in Seoul where for the first time ever, the League of Legends World Championship will be held, making this one of the biggest gaming events in all of history. Okay, so I'm going to be playing several clips from this document. I already fast-forwarded it to the 17, roughly 17-minute mark, and we're going to listen to a little bit more here. I'm going to be just... I'm trying to hit the high points here to maximize time um, and the, per the pertinent points so you can kind of understand the scope of what we're talking about here. In to broadcasting, Nice Game TV also trained up-and-coming talent. They introduced us to two young gamers who had just been scouted by a professional team. How many hours do you put in per day or, or per week? He says 84 hours a week. Actually, no, 88. A full-time job is 40. Eight hours a day, five days a week. This is 88. And like they said, sometimes it's up to 17 hours per day. I mean, it's incomprehensible. He says, apart from sleeping, taking showers, or eating, I live in front of a computer. Do you have a plan if it doesn't work out in gaming? He says, I have nothing. Good. Well, I'm glad he's got a fallback plan, you know. So we've just left the Nice Game TV studios where we met some of the world's future esports stars. They have this almost robotic dedication to the game where they're playing 14 or 15 hours. I can only imagine what effect that must have on a young person's mind and life. For, from a demonic standpoint, too, I really wonder what's happening to them. From a demon infestation standpoint. Internet addiction is said to affect 2 million South Koreans and half of its entire teenage population. Half! Half of its entire teenage population. Internet addiction. This is the model for the rest of the world that Satan wants us all to follow. In 2011, Congresswoman Shin Wee Jin passed a law known as the Cinderella Act, putting internet addiction in the same category as drugs and alcohol and preventing children under the age of 16 from playing online games after midnight. She says possibly, she says online games, alcohol, and um, drugs are the main cause of addictions. This congresswoman. By making them use their national identity numbers, Children's online accounts now automatically shut down when the clock strikes 12. So they're so plugged into the matrix when they go online, the government knows exactly when they're logging on, when they're not. It knows what their age is, and if they try to stay on the video games, if they're 16 or younger after the age of 12, their, their, their computer will shut down. Because it's such a gigantic problem in this country that they, they had to enact this, this law where they couldn't be on there 24-7. Where are the stinking parents? Where are the sorry parents? Particularly in South Korea. They should be policing this. It's like, you know, the kids could do whatever they want. They could just waste their lives, play this pointless garbage, contribute nothing to the family or to society, and I guess they could just get away with it. I would have never, ever... Let my daughter get away with this stuff if I would have saw any kind of propensity. She never had it. She, she was never that even interested in that stuff. But evidently a lot of millions and millions and millions of others are. The Cinderella Act created an uproar in the gaming community who found political representation in a gaming congressman named Byung Jo Hoon. Spearhead a gaming congressman? What? Here he's dressed up like the cosplay actors. He's dressed up like one of the, 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 all the, which goes along with this, as we'll see. They dress up like these characters from the video games, and, and, and they come out, and, and, and the women are in all these really seductive outfits, and the men are in these really, oh, I'm, I'm Mr. 
Xenoid Titan guy, and I'm I'm gonna look just like the guy in the video game. And here, this guy, this this moronic congressman, is out there protesting this this thing that they were doing for 16 year old is an ugly under shutting down their video monitors after 12 to try to prevent them from playing video games 24 7 he's coming out in protest of that because he's on the kids side during the campaign the congressman dressed up in league of legends cosplay in solidarity with the gamers as head of the korean esports association he was also cleverly enticing the votes of korea's rapidly expanding gamer demographic But despite the gamers' retaliation, a quarter of those diagnosed with internet addiction will end up being hospitalized in a government-sponsored internet rehab center. A quarter are hospitalized that are internet game addicted. They gotta go to the hospital for this. Can you imagine? What a sorry world we live in. Where kids are being hospitalized. What sorry parents that are letting this garbage happen. I'm in the waiting room. Here to meet a guy called Dr. Lee J. Wan. We've heard that he has some pretty unorthodox methods of treating people with computer game addiction. We've heard something about brain scans with electrodes, virtual reality therapy, and some kind of magnetic brain pulse. I don't know anything about neuropsychiatry, and I certainly don't know anything about brain pulse therapy. So I'm especially curious to find out how those methods can help cure someone who plays too many computer games. It's shock therapy. It's We've gone back to shock therapy. It's just a little less invasive. And when I say sorry parents, I don't mean to like come down on every parent on the planet. I understand kids can be sneaky. Kids can sneak this stuff. You you might, you know, if you're in a if you're in a house where you've got divorce and the one parent doesn't have control over, I get that. Okay, I'm talking about parents in general that allow this stuff to happen, allow their kids to get into this, get addicted to it, and devote their lives to it. That's what I'm talking about. What are the types of people who suffer from internet addiction? Teenagers are more vulnerable. Chances of addiction are much higher. How much of this is a result of specifically online gaming? And this is why Satan has targeted this demographic. He knows their chances of addiction to this type of thing are much higher. Alcohol and drugs are illegal for that demographic. So this is something that he can, this is, this is an opiate he can give to the teenagers, which they're getting a similar response in the brain as we're going to see to opiates, that they can get addicted to and it's legal. And this is a one of the, and not only that, it's literally directly tapping into their brain. It's literally being able to program their brain with these video games, these demonic video games. So it's a direct access portal entry for Satan's programming. So the majority of the people he's treating, roughly 9%, 90% of the cases are caused by online gaming. First stage of treatment is a brain scan. Sitting here has made me realize that if I actually was a gaming addict, how terrifying this would be if my parents had forced me to be here and a doctor was putting electrodes on my head. Whoa. In 2005, He's going through the a scam. young South Korean man dropped dead after playing StarCraft for 50 hours straight. And he only dropped dead after playing StarCraft for 50 hours straight. Well, you know, at least he had his priorities in line. Now, that's happened over and over again. I've, I've read stories about that, particularly in South Korea, which is like, like I said, ground central for this. 50 hours straight. But again, he had his priorities straight. Since then, the perceived dangers of gaming addiction have been a considerable source of anxiety for Korea's older generations. But generally, the most extreme symptoms of gaming addiction are sleep deprivation, mood swings, and seizures. Okay, so that's that's that particular part. Seen as outsiders, Europe is a thriving esports hub with its own brand of celebrity culture and diehard fans. So Europe and all other parts of the of the non-oriental world are particularly seen as outsiders in this really, really, really hardcore gaming environment. So as much garbage as I've went over here over um, regarding American culture and video games 
and all of the destruction of the family and all of the, the evil that is produced, particularly documented in the first study I did, which I give you the links to that study, or you can key in games in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, or you can go to the PDF for this date, 7-26-2015, and find it at the very, very end of the study. I give you the links to it there. Um, it's far worse, though, in evidently in the Orient, where, where this is being uh, uh, promoted. It's Sunday afternoon, we're at the London Olympic Park. Two years ago, this was built for actual sports, and now two years later, we're here in the same stadium watching eSports. I'm not sure it's quite the athletic legacy that Boris Johnson had in mind, but it's kind of ironic that there's people in that building playing a virtual version of football. I had heard about one British gamer who had amassed a fortune through gaming and video blogging. And his success story was a long way away from the stoic work ethic of his Korean counterparts. I mean, this, this guy is a total devil from the pit of hell. Okay? This, this gamer, the one that's driving around the Lamborghini. An absolute reprobate, stinking devil. I don't even advise you watch this, this part of, of, this, of the thing. He's evil. Okay? He's a moron. He just does stupid, perverted garbage, and he plays this FIFA or FIFA video game. And they have literally stadiums over there now. They're going to watching people like him play this video game and, and cheering them on like it's really happening. And it's not. It's not even real. It's a video game. And they're acting like it's real. It's just truly, truly pathetic. So he's saying here he's not even a pro player. He's not, he's not even, I guess, that good, evidently, compared to these pro players, but he's still a multimillionaire. Okay, so I'll just let him talk a little bit more. No, 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 no But way. still, you've managed to kind of achieve fame with FIFA and gaming as kind of like the, the vehicle that brought you there. Yeah, definitely. How did this all start? How did it all start? Um, in my bedroom, yeah. You know, I did a few videos here and there, and uh, eventually it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. FIFA videos so you can relax relax a lot of people think uh, to be at the top you have to be the best at a certain game or this no you don't like it's more about personality but how have you gone to the place where you have a giant penthouse I'm now a brand like KSI is a brand like I have several incomes now so I have my own shop <laughs> I have uh, I'm in a group that also has a shop um, I, you know, I, I do music I do acting but uh, the main income would definitely be through advertising. So, obviously, through my videos and, you know, views I get. Last month, I got, like, 70 million views. It's crazy that it's all just come about from me sitting <laughs> in my bedroom, just making a few FIFA videos. So how many subscribers do you have? In total, uh, maybe, like, 9, 10 million. <laughs> 9, 10 million, and this guy's just acting like a total moron in every one of his videos that I can see. Total, total brainless moron, and people just, you know, he's making millions off this, and it just shows you how depraved society has become at large, where they will support a moron like this, whose life is absolutely, totally pointless, other than self-centered gratification, and, and just pointless playing video games and acting like an idiot. I mean, you know, it's just further evidence of, of the depravity of this world. I mean, you're, you're getting a jacuzzi airlifted into your flat. Yeah. I've got to ask, are you a millionaire? Um, yeah, okay, yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I guess essentially I'm a 21-year-old who's <laughs> a millionaire through gaming, blogging, just my online experience, yeah. Yo, I'll take it. <laughs> Now they showed him in his Lamborghini. As he took me for a spin in his bright orange Lamborghini, it was clear that KSI had earned more money than I would ever see in my entire life. KSI was a new kind of millionaire, and one that we'll be seeing a lot more of as gaming outpaces the music and film industries. He's right. And see, that's why I'm doing this, this two-part study on this at the end of, of the study for today. 
this is the wave of the satanic future. This is, this is ultimately going to try to get everybody plugged into the Matrix, where they're literally like South Korea in these gaming houses, where you've got rows and rows of teenagers in there, and preteen in there, for hours on end, plugged into the Matrix. Not interacting with one another, interacting with a computer playing a worthless video game, contributing nothing to society, locked into the Matrix, having the, de the demonic satanic download and protocol for the day plugged into you. Downloaded into you. That's the future. I was interested in the different ways that esports entrepreneurs could stake their claims to the massively expanding fortune available through gaming. We had been invited to meet another larger than life character, a guy called Sam Matthews. Gamer, social media guru, and self-proclaimed party guy, Sam Matthews is the founding CEO of Europe's biggest hope at global gaming success, an esports team called Fnatic. The team was celebrating their 10-year anniversary. So they're five-man teams of, of geeky guys, basically, that make up these gaming teams. They're the best of the best. They're, they typically look like, to me, that they're in their, like, 15 to 16 range. That's what they look like to me. I don't know. Or, or younger, even. Um, and these are the ones that, you know, they they parade out there, and they're, they're the gods of, of the gaming world. On the rooftop of their East London headquarters. If you look at our Facebook fan base, we had like 200,000 fans like a year and a half ago. Now we've got 1.4 million fans on Facebook. So see how this is growing at an exponential rate? And it's something that's not going away. It's not an aberrance or, or something like that. I, I don't see it being that. I, I think that once Satan gets you locked into that, that video game matrix, and the video games are becoming more and more um, appealing to the flesh, they're becoming more and more virtual reality, where I, get, I guarantee you eventually they're not going to be in front of a computer. They're going to be full on, and they even got into that in this documentary, where you have a full mask on in front of you you're literally like you're in the environment literally in there reacting and doing what you have to do in the video game and as that becomes more prevalent as it becomes more self-gratifying to the flesh and as more people plug into that matrix and whatever other trick satan has to get you locked into that this is going to become a bigger and bigger phenomenon unfortunately it's crazy that it's it's still underground when, when if you look at our team and you compare just our Facebook fans to those of the Premier League, you know, we have more fans than pretty much all of the Premier League except four teams. And it's like, who the hell's had a fanatic? See, and, and the, th the scary part is, is this is still, like he said, kind of underground. A lot of this, hearing this, this may be the first time you've even never even heard about this. And it's that big of a deal. Can you imagine when it becomes more mainstream? I think that... Things like football, they're kind of limited in, the, in their scope, whereas something like video gaming, it's not just one sport. It's like having a, a football team and a tennis team and a cricket team all in one. So as a, as a brand and a company, that, that's exciting because we can do interesting things with that. Esports isn't just these geeks in a room locked away. These guys are traveling around the world. They've got girls chasing them. So this is groupies, video game groupies that chase these, these like preteen geeky guy boys around like they're gods. My Twitter, this is a girl saying you perhaps lost this time, but you want something else. My heart, they. <laughs> Isn't that special? And I think that's what's really super exciting. A hallmark moment. For me is that I can see these young kids actually becoming superstars and, and earning like more money than I've earned. And it's like, it's just insane. It is actually, insane. You know, the coolest thing is that we make a ton of products. So we have like water bottles, headphones, like caps, and they, they sell. That's where we see the big growth opportunity is, is, is kind of capitalizing on this, this young and passionate user base that, that really see this as a, as a movement, as a lifestyle choice. And it, just as much as back in the day, it might've been like skateboarding. What we do believe is that eventually it will become much, much bigger than 90% of world sports. I really believe that. Sam wanted us to see his team in action, 
So we went to the European Championship at Gamescom in Cologne. With That's where they invented Cologne, actually, in Germany. Cologne, Germany. Just kidding, sorry. With 300,000 visitors, Gamescom is the highest attended gaming event in the world. So we're here at a place called Gamescom. It's basically Nerdtopia. Shows all these girls going around like bullet holes in their head, like dressed up like zombies, and all these people dressed up like stuffed animals and cosplay and all this other garbage that goes along with this movement. This is absolutely massive. It's bigger than any sporting event that I've ever been to. You've got fans of all different games. It's like going to an NFL match, a basketball match, and a football match all at once. I mean, it's the biggest thing this kid's ever been to. The biggest sporting event he's ever been to. And, and it's still underground? Yeah, pretty much. That's the scary potential of what we're looking at here. And that's kind of why I'm trying to do this ahead of time to, for Christians to pray about this, to give them an idea of the scope of what we're looking at here. Um, this is the satanic future, I guess is the whole point here. But what we're here to see really is the eSports people. Alliance and Fnatic are going to play at 3 p.m. And the fans have already been there since 10 a.m. waiting for it. So they're going to play these two geeky, worthless, basically what they're doing, worthless lives devoted to nothingness. They're going to play at 3 and the people have been there since, what is it, 9 or 10? They just said. Five hours ahead of time. This is how obsessed people are with this particular movement. Fanatic and Alliance going head to head with the number one seed in the world championships on the line. Put your hands together, we're about to get into the fight. Okay, so I'm, I'm going ahead now. I'm just trying to play clips of this so you can kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with here. I've been watching Fanatic for a long time and it's just amazing, like, the players, they play so well. My heart's still beating to this point. I made a cheerleader costume for the Fnatic team and I was uh, cheering them even if they lose. It is hard, of course. I really wanted that win. Fnatic lost this time. And even if they hadn't... Shows them they're bawling. <laughs> they're like, they just look like their lives have just all collectively ended. This Fnatic team who was, who was predicted to win in this European champion. The, 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 big, the, big, gun, the big gun geeks from... South Korea and China, they weren't there. But this one in Cologne, Germany, you know, it just shows the devastation and, oh, the humanity, you know. I mean, the world is officially ended as we know it. The chances of them going on to win in Asia were slim to none. But Sam Matthews had realized the bigger picture. There were about as many Fanatic t-shirts at Gamescom as there are Manchester United jerseys at Old Trafford. And that's the real ambition. A truly international sports brand. The real ambition there is money, which is the root of all evil, which is what he was getting at there. Win or lose, the European esports scene is a hugely lucrative industry. And when the real winner is the group with the biggest following, Fnatic have already won. game in esports history was only days away. The League of Legends World Finals. All around Seoul are these things called PC bombs. Now, if you're not a gamer and you're not from Korea, you probably don't know what those are, but they're basically internet cafes with really nice computers where you can spend all day gaming. Which is what we need more of. Whereas in the West, we're more inclined to stay at home and play console games. PC bongs are a massive part of Korea's youth culture. It's not just about having fun either. The fact that there's a gaming cafe on every street corner is one reason that Korea is the dominant global force in esports. Like that's a good it's thing. It's in these PC bongs that the country's future stars will be born. Ah, uh, the future right stars. Right away you see this has got everything you need for a whole day of gaming. You've got no windows, so there's little to remind you of the outside world. Well, because Satan doesn't want you to get any outside daylight. You know, God forbid that. He wants you locked away in a dark room, which totally messes up your pineal gland, totally messes up your sleep cycles, totally messes up your brainwave patterns and your 
neurochemistry, you know, being locked away in front of a computer screen, which also further messes up your brain waves and, and neurochemistry and things of this nature, locked into this electrical, electro-EMF magnetic environment, which is further messing all those things I just mentioned up. But at least you have a nice padded chair in your Red Bull. Energy drinks go with gaming, just like weed goes with reggae, and here you can get weed goes with any reggae. kind of energy drink you want. And if you get a bit peckish, dried squid. A favorite, a crowd away. favorite, dried squid. And even a VIP zone, which stands for very important person. Really? VIP stands for that? Wow. Or maybe in this case, very into PCs. Yeah, absolutely. Just calls over an attendant to help you out with anything you need. See, because if you're really decadent and you're really lazy, you have your VIP zone where you've got your extra padded leather chairs and your little attendant call button like on a plane or something, you could have that and everything is really even more spiffy and nice there. And that way you could really, really lose yourself in luxury like with Calgon bath crystals when they used to have those commercials back in the 80s. Literally, you could just sit here all day How late are you guys open today? 24-7 they're open. <laughs> if you can handle it, 24 hours of fun video gaming. For youngsters, gaming culture has become part of their life. I, I guess, you know, these sorry Koreans, I guess, well, of course, he's making all kind of bank off this, so he's not complaining. But it's just that, that mentality, it's become, it's what the children want and we need to just give them whatever they want, evidently, in South Korea. Because they know how to self-govern properly. It's very obvious. Oh, if someone told them to stop playing games, they would feel disrespected. That's his justification. Not only that, but, but he's laughing all the way to the bank. And he doesn't want their little feelings to be disrespected to tell them to do something upright and righteous and honorable and productive would be disrespecting pathetic there's a biblical verse on the wall the church peace the church of peace a biblical verse psalm of david the lord is my shepherd i shall not it leaves me back it looks like it looks it's Psalm 23 and it looks like like more of a NIV version of Psalm 23 is what I'm seeing Seagong parallel I'm seeing if they've got video games worked into the Psalm 23 it is an obvious one you you you've got to be out of your mind to put a biblical verse a gigantic Psalm 23 on the wall as the main centerpiece of a PC bong which is what they call them in South Korea. And you've got Psalm 23 up there. I, I, I don't get the correlation whatsoever. Like God is going to bless this? You come here, sit at your pew, and pray to the gods of gaming. Absolutely. True words have never been spoken in the whole documentary. These are their gods. Behold, your gods. When you go to one of these gaming conventions and you see these little geeky, dorky dudes come up there and, and they're all their pictures are all photoshopped and, 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 and they're all up there, a little out of shape, pathetic little dudes with their minds fried, behold your gods. That's what, that's what um, kept coming into my head, that, just that phrase. And then when you come into your PC bong as a South Korean or, or if you go into your, your bedroom as, as, as an American or a European and you go to your room and you're going to get ready for 17 hours of straight gaming and you got your collection of Red Bulls next to you and you got all your stuff going, behold your God as you turn on the computer and start your video game. Behold your God. So what do you guys like more? All going out to a club together or all going to a PC bomb together? So they're interviewing three uh, teenage girls and they're like, do you want to go to a club? Now I don't advise going out to a club either. 
nothing good's going to happen when you have teenagers going out by themselves to some kind of secular club. Okay. So they're they're all but they're they all like being locked into the matrix though more. I hate <laughs> so night has fallen. Some people are going into clubs and bars, but the gamers are still gaming. During the day, PC bongs are filled with solitary gamers, but at night, it becomes a much more social activity. We met up with a group of college gamers. Let's take that one with a grain of salt. Social? They're there playing a video game, interacting with the screen. They've got headphones on. They're locked into that. They're not socializing with one another. I mean, that's like non-existent. ...who run an esports streaming studio out of their dorm rooms. They wanted to show us their idea of a good time, pre-drinks and gaming. It looks like everyone's dressed up. You all have your party frocks on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, where do you guys usually like to go out? Uh... PC Cafe. <laughs> PC Cafe. So that's what they do on a Friday and Saturday nights and probably every other night, if they can. They That's their lives. You know, they're, they're not locked in the Matrix enough at their house. They want to go to a PC Cafe where they could sit there locked into it there. I mean, it's just a really pathetic existence. Okay, that's all I have for part five. We're going to go to part six next. God bless you and see you in part six.